Well, good morning and uh, welcome. There's snow outside uh, where I am. I don't know if there is uh, where you are. It's wonderful that you can join us to be with us on this Sunday morning at Lee Road Baptist Church. My name is Steve. Uh, I'm one of the ministers here. I'll be joined in a few moments by Andrew and Forbes and Peter and no doubt others uh, because many of you are already saying hi in the comments on YouTube, on Facebook, wherever you are. Please do um Please, if I mean, many of you are used to this now, but if you are watching and you're able, please do comment, say hello, and throughout the service, we'll try to, to draw in some of the things that you are saying. Let's pray. Loving God, scattered as we are, we gather this morning to worship you, knowing that you're here in each one of our homes, concerned about each one of us, waiting to speak the words that you want us to hear, ready to forgive, bless and lead us. Meet with us now. In Jesus' name, amen. Loving God, we come to you this morning in humility, in awe, in faith, in hope, in love, in worship. We come to praise you, to bless you, to adore you, to acknowledge you and to thank you. We come recognising your lion-like nature, your power, your authority, your wisdom, your greatness. And we come recognising your lamb-like nature, your humility, your faithfulness, your goodness, your sacrifice. Or we come confessing our weakness, our unworthiness, our faults, our failings, our faithlessness, and our lack of love. We come seeking your mercy, your guidance, your strength, your renewal, your inspiration, your spirit, your blessing. So Lord, we humbly ask in the light of this current time and in the knowledge that many of us inside this church and across this community into which you've called us are struggling, are grieving and are feeling such a heavy burden that you might help us find the strength and resolve to continue in the face of all that we are experiencing and all that is being asked of us. Lord, when we've done our best and given all that we can, would you assure us that this is all that could have been required? When we are confronted by the unreasonableness of some, may you constantly remind us that many, many others appreciate our endeavours more than words can say. When messages of hope and comfort are required of us, would you grant us the words and the wisdom that we need? When we feel broken and drained, may you hold us fast in the midst of our struggle. And when we simply cannot respond to all the needs that confront us, enable us to focus our minds to dwell on all that we have accomplished and not what we have had to leave undone. Would you help us find peace and still our hearts, help us rest and recover when our labours subside. Great and wonderful God, we come to you now in praise and hopefulness, in the name of Christ. Amen.
Good morning, Andrew. Morning, Steve. Good to see you. People into a secret here. We have a little private chat box going on when we're leading these things. And when I announced this morning that there was snow outside, Andrew, who is, for those of you that don't know, less than half a mile away from here, said snow. There's no snow here. I, I mean, I'm being generous. There is a, a, a light covering on the bonnet of my uh, okay. That's about as far as it goes. But it's all we've had so far. So I'm excited by it nonetheless. I mean, you, I think you know what I'm going to say now, Steve. That's not snow where I come from. <laughs> That's a light frost. But anyway. It's a blizzard, Steve. It's certainly cold. And uh, we, we went out for a walk at, uh, just gone nine o'clock last night down on the seafront and it was um it was cold but it was really nice there was hardly anyone around yeah. and uh there was a bit of fro- quite a lot of ice around then so i'll let you off it's snowing very good, <laughs> <laughs> very good. So, somebody else i think lauren said that there was a beautiful sunrise this morning i'll take that word for it i'm afraid I'm that. sunrise i <laughs> as, as you know is my want i was awake early and i could not believe uh the sunrise this morning i've not seen anything quite like it it was amazing. There's all sorts of pictures up on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and the rest of it. But, oh, uh, but I hope, folk, I know some folk obviously, and that's just a sign of God's grace and and, and care for us and the sense of that that fantastic morning. So uh, it's good to be here. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so we're going to continue in our series today on the prodigal yeah. son or the extravagant father, as we like to call it, the extravagant God. Um, and uh, we tend to ask and pose a question uh, for people to comment on. And uh, last week we had a good one about whether it is uh, easier to be a, an older or a younger sibling. And this week we've got a really simple question. Doesn't Your answers don't have to be profound. They can be no. as simple as, as you like. Uh, Andrew, do you want to pose the question? Yes. And the, the question I'm posing this morning is what brings you happiness? Uh, we're taking the the account further on, looking at uh, on what that might mean in the context of the story. So uh, very simple question. Put your comments up. What brings you happiness? And we'll pick that up uh, a bit uh, later on. But Steve, um, we've got some other folks joining us. Shall we introduce them? We do. Peter is going to join us. Peter, are you coming in? Hello there. Hi, how are you doing? Hi, Peter. Morning. Hi, yeah, good to see you both. Good Absolutely. to see you. Good to see you too. Um, I, I'm going to introduce Peter a little bit just because we know that many watching will know Peter extremely well, uh, but uh, we're conscious as well there will be others perhaps slightly further afield that don't know you, Peter. So, Peter, can you um, tell us who you are and how you know us at Lee Road, um, that sort of thing? Yeah, certainly, Steve. Um, 25 plus years ago, I was part of Lee Road Baptist Church, moved down to the area. Um, I had a wonderful time as part of the church for about six or seven years and then went off um, when I got married um, to another church, Bible college, and ended up planting church from scratch in the area. So that's another, a sister Baptist church to Lee Road. That's wonderful. Thank you very much. We, our, our intention with drawing you in, and, and we'll be doing this with others throughout the coming weeks, is just to touch base with members of the community and members of the church who who, who have lives outside of the, our, our existence as a church to find out a bit more about them and how they've been coping, I guess, mm. um, in in our current times, uh, both the struggles and the joys of of 
of, of everything that you're facing. So both as, as Peter uh, and as Minister of Church from Scratch, tell us about how you're doing. How's the last few months been for you? What have been the highs and the lows of, of the lockdowns that we've been experiencing for you? Yeah, um, honestly, I mean, it's not easy for anyone, is it? But I think fairly easy in the sense of we've got a nice house, got a lovely wife, some who's now studying at home from uni, we got a garden, we got it all. So yeah, it's not easy, but not too hard. Um, the dilemma for us in one level is trying to work out when to um, when to book our summer holiday, running various models of when lockdown will unlock. And that may resonate for others as well. So fairly easy for us on a personal level. Yeah, for lots of people I know, I know loads of marginalized people in the town through church from scratch and shared space, our social enterprise. Yeah, for me personally, it's, yeah, I got in, in the first lockdown, it really had that real sense of being in the same boat together. Perhaps that was a bit of a misconception on my part, but it felt like that somehow. We were all together as a country, you know, clapped for carers and all that stuff. But now is that sense of feeling desperately, realising just how lucky I am, wanting to try and do my little bit to make a difference, but realising that I feel quite powerless in some levels. I really want to help. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm exactly like you. There was a lot of, a lot of we're all in this together talk at mm. the start of all of this, and 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 that recognition that we're all under the same storm, but perhaps our boats are differently equipped to cope with it. And and like you, I've felt incredibly privileged in the in the context that I find myself. It's not easy, mm. um, but. Uh, it, it's certainly easier for me than it is for some. And I guess there are members in your church community uh, that are struggling in ways that we are not. Um, church from Scratch, for those of you that don't know, is is a is a different model of church, isn't it? I, I wonder if you could just tell us a no, little bit about Lee Rose the different model. Lee Rose the different one. Ah, very good. Lee Rose the different model. Thank you. Um, <laughs> So, so in what ways do you have different challenges to those of us different churches? Um, yeah, perhaps the, the easiest way, I don't know, I don't want to mention the dreaded word Zoom. If people do Zoom, to think of church from scratch, we're a gallery view church, not a speaker view church. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we get all the faces in rows on the screen at once and everyone's all talking over each other. That at one level, that sort of communal thing, fairly flat leadership, hearing the voices of all. It sums us up, and that's usually in the before this rubbish in lockdown. That's all about round the table, eating meals, sharing life together. So at the beginning, it felt like we had it easier than other churches because well, we didn't have a Sunday service. We don't do any of that stuff to get disrupted. This is my first Sunday streaming service I've been to since lockdown started. Well, that's in nine months ago. Wow! So it's, it's a novel experience to me. Um, but that sense of, at the beginning, we didn't have it as hard. We weren't disrupted in the same way as others. But now, actually, at a deeper, at this level of community and sharing life, oh, it's rubbish. Yeah, it's really hard. Yeah. But yeah, we're still we, doing things. We, we yeah. hear that. And there are aspects of that that we miss at Lee Road, but we do appreciate mm. uh, for other churches that it's so central to their identity. Trying to replicate that digitally is almost impossible, isn't it? So mm. we, we really hear that. Um, tell us where your focus has been, both personally and as a church over the last, what have, where have you been putting your energy and your time? Yeah, um, perhaps some people will know me as an older statesman of doing things differently. I'm quite an innovator, so actually so it's been quite easy for me this time. Um, so we've done various things differently. Um, yeah, I'll pick up on two. Um, Southend Emergency Fund, which came out of shared space. 
It was brilliant. Lots of people at Lee Road have supported that. Like David Alcock's been awesome with that and Julie Ed, just to name check two people. And Lee Road's been great as well, raising money for people in the town and giving it away to other local charities. So that's been a big fundraiser, which continues on. I think it's approaching about two, or just past 200,000 now. So doing really well. So that's great. About 40 local charities, organisations supported. Um, yes, yeah, so that's one thing we've done. Um, a different level. We've got creative. Our Christmas, we made a little series, Christmas from scratch, little series of modern day um, sort of videos of the nativity, 10 of them. Um, sort of what is what if Jesus was born in 2020 and Mary was an ordinary teenager and Joseph a normal guy? Yeah. And that's been good fun to do. Sorry about some of the swearing in it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we'll forgive you for that. I mean, I, both of those two things are quite astonishing and quite remarkable. I, I know that many of us are aware of the um, of the funds, but it is giving uh, grants, small grants, micro grants to all sorts of people across the borough who are in uh, extreme need uh, through these challenging times. And we can't thank you enough for mobilising on that. With we, we appreciate it. it's always these things are always a team effort, but we see your your fingerprint on all of this stuff. And as for the nativity, um, I know it's not Christmas anymore, but if you haven't seen it, most of them are still up, aren't they, on YouTube and Facebook and that sort of thing, Peter? So yeah. even it because it just accentuated for me some of the parts of the story that sometimes uh, get lost and I found them incredibly moving so thank you for that gift I'm sure we'll come and visit them in in years to come the last one of the say again watch episode 10 the last one of Christmas from scratch if you're like me and you just want to get to the end and then work (laughs) out what your response will be that would be brilliant okay I'll look those up. What's next then? How can we pray for you, Peter? What's on the horizon for you and for Church from Scratch? Um, I don't know. We are having a stab at planning a calendar through this year, dreaming of a different day to, to lock down today. So pray about that, that we, yeah, we try and do something wise there. And for me personally, I think sometimes you know, we all go up and down to keep me hopeful, to keep me dreaming and to keep me doing my little bit joining in with this awesome jesus we follow well let's let's pray for you now then that would be wonderful thank you lord god i thank you so much for peter for allison their family for all that they mean to us at lee road for their obedience and their ambition and their vision to serve you in this town and across this country, across the world, even that's as their reach. Lord, we do ask that you would keep him hopeful and keep him inspired and visionary, help him to understand what his part of your kingdom is to play in this place at this time. Would you inspire him to... uh, figure out new ways for church from scratch identity to hold fast in this strange new world that the needs of his community at the church your community at that church lord would be met through him and through each other lord we love and are inspired by that image of a church that is communal that is incarnational lord that essentially gathers to hear from you through one another Lord, as we look to the year ahead, would you help them in their planning, as difficult as that may be? Would you help us all to interpret and understand the times in a way that really uh, guides us and leads us into the days and weeks and months to come? Give us 
that renewed sense of your presence with us and a hopeful ending to this horrible pandemic and a bright future, whatever it may hold. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us, Peter. We'll see you again, I'm sure. Take care. Andrew is going to come back and uh, and share a few words with us. Over to you, Andrew. Thanks for that. I'm going to introduce uh, Forbes as well at the same time. Forbes, are you there? It's good to see you. Forbes is going to read to us in a moment or two. Uh, But I just wanted to give some context. So uh, this morning, we'll carry on looking at this this topic of extravagant God. And we've been looking at uh, the the parable of the two lost sons. And just to give a bit of context for those of you who don't know the story, it's it's a short, amazing story that Jesus told as a parable about two sons. One of them, uh, the younger one, decides to go off with his inheritance and, and, and use all the money. Uh, and then realizes he has nothing and, and tries to come back to the family. And uh, his father is waiting for him. He accepts him, not as the person that uh, his son is, a naughty boy or anything like that, just accepts him back as a member of the family. Uh, and that has huge implications. Forbes is going to read to us the bit that happens just after that. Over to you, Forbes. Hi. Thank you, Andrew. Hello, everyone. Uh, this morning's reading is taken from Luke. 152532, as on the screen. So, meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him, but he answered his father, Look, All these years I have been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, come home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Thanks, Forbes. Um, It's good to see you. Folks, I I don't know about you, but I'm fascinated by the names people call their animals or their children. Uh, Some of them are really quite inventive. And uh, it always amazes me when a baby's born or somebody gets a a new pet, what they might call uh, their child or their pet. And if you walk down the frontier and particularly go to Old Lee into the uh, to see some of the boats, you'll see some of the amazing different names people call their boats, and they often have uh, quite a lot of meaning uh, behind them. I once saw a house uh, that was named Gratitude, really stuck with me, and, and, and I really uh, relate to that name. There's a song by a Scottish uh, band called Deacon Blue that's called Dignity, and it's the story of a man who's a who sweeps the streets, but he's been saving his money because he wants to buy a little boat. And he wants uh, to call it dignity because that's what it will give him after a life of working in the way that he has. Some years back when our, must be nearly uh, 30 years ago, over 30 years ago now, uh, my wife and I were on holiday and we saw this enormous yacht and it was called Deserved. I wonder what the two lost sons in this story that Jesus told, what do they actually deserve? 
at a human level, we might say that the younger one, well, he deserved very little. The older one, well, he perhaps deserved gratitude and his full inheritance for all that he'd put up with and all that he'd done and he'd stuck by his father. Well, that's understandable, those two responses. One had been self-absorbed and self-centered. The other had lived by the expectations of his culture and his family. Now, the storyteller here is, of course, Jesus. And he's portrayed in these two brothers uh, two ways that people find happiness. On the one hand, moral conformity. On the other hand, a life of self-discovery. Now, there's nothing much has changed if we look at human nature, has it? And each one of us acts as a, a sort of lens as to how we see all of life. And both of these are ways of finding personal significance and worth. But there are all sorts of challenges here, aren't there? In this context, there's the whole shame culture, the individual versus the community, tradition versus discovery. And today in the global West, we seem so divided between those same two approaches that few concede of any other way to live. And if we critique or perhaps, I guess, distance ourselves from one another, everyone seems to assume that we've chosen that way rather than the other. We're so entrenched that we seem to say, our way is the only way the world will be put to rights. And if you're not with us, then you're against us. And unfortunately, we've seen some well-known examples of that internationally recently. The message of God in this story is that both of these approaches are wrong. Here is offered a different, a radical alternative. One brother sees himself as alienated because of his life choices, of his self-discovery, of his wrongdoing, of his wastefulness. The other can't see what is wrong with his pride and moral self-righteousness. But it's because of that that he too is alienated. Both brothers, their motivation, their hearts, what's driving them are the two different ways of life that they represent. Yet both are much more alike each other than would first appear. For both, it's the father's wealth that they want, not the father himself. And each of them wanted to get into a position where they could influence their father, where they could tell him what to do, if you like. Neither appeared to love the father because he was their father and because of who he was. Now, Jesus is saying we can live without God. We can be alienated either by breaking the rules or by keeping them all diligently. Now, people of faith often live fairly moral lives, but the goal of many is a kind of divine insurance policy against which they can claim when life gets difficult or when they feel it's time for the policy to mature. Their goal is to gain a sort of leverage with God, a leverage over God. And it was wealth, not care or love or interest in, in the Father, 
that these brothers believed would make them happy and fulfilled. Now, if like the older brother, we think, we know, we believe that God ought to bless us and help us because we have worked so hard to obey him and be a fairly good sort of person, then Jesus is our helper. He's our example. He can be our inspiration. Yes, that's all true. But the reality is, if we think that, he's not our saviour. Because we are. Because we are acting as our own saviour. Now, older brother types obey God to get things. They are avoiding the message of God as much as the younger brother types who say, well, I don't believe in God. I don't need God. They self-define right and wrong. The older brother types are acting in a very similar way to the younger brother types, just from a different perspective. Now, that's the shock of the message of God here that Jesus tells. He's saying that wrongdoing is not just breaking the rules. It's putting ourselves in a place of God, whoever and wherever we are. Now, even though both sons were wrong, the father still cares for both of them. He invites both of them into the family community, into the feast, into their full inheritance. The message of God is not religion or irreligion. It's not morality or immorality. It's not moralism or relativism. Nor is it somewhere in the middle of a spectrum. The message of God is distinct from these two approaches. And that's what shocked people when Jesus told the story. And as we're acting the same today, it ought to shock and surprise us too. Jesus' story doesn't end that the same for both of the brothers. The younger son's method to find happiness was crashingly obvious. Didn't work. He had to come back. The older brother, while he stayed at home, true, um, was in fact, in reality, as much, if not more distant than his younger brother because he'd alienated himself by the way he was trying to manipulate his father. Some years ago, the Times newspaper posed a question to a number of key thinkers, and they posed this question, what's wrong with the world? And the author, G.K. Chesterton, wrote, Dear Sirs, I am yours, G.K. Chesterton. Now, that's the attitude of someone who has grasped the message of God. But what's so weird is that so many of us don't seem to get it. We don't get this extravagant God. The message is that both ways to happiness, the younger brother all the older brother types, both will fail. Everyone is loved. Everyone is challenged to change. The prerequisite for having the grace of God is to know that we need it, to be humble about it and how we live, to love God and accept one another as God accepts each one of us. Let me pray. Father God, as we recognise ourselves probably in one of those two brother types, forgive us when we're not always humble. Forgive us 
when we seem to respond to you because of something we want rather than just recognizing who you are and appreciating you. Save us, we pray, from ourselves. Father, help us realize that the, your message here is not religion or irreligion. It's not morality versus immorality. It's not moralism versus relativism. It's not even somewhere on that spectrum. It's different. It's a different way. It's a way of grace and acceptance. Help us to know that, we pray. Amen. So, Steve, are you there? I there am. Good yeah. to see you. All good. Thank you so much for that. Um, I'm going to go to the comments first, but we'll talk about Loads some of, of the things that you said. So plenty of people commenting about the things that make them happy. David said being appreciated makes him happy. I, I, I resonate with that. I'm sure many of us do. Um, knowing that my family, friends and pets uh, are well brings me happiness. And um, seeing others take flight when they discover their true gifting after a time of support and encouragement. And um, uh, Dave says, when, you, when you're able to bring happiness to others, <laughs> somebody said food there's some wonderfully honest ones here as well and kate's daughter said her friends make her happy mm, so the, the fact that our relative has had their first jab and makes us over the moon normality gives happiness I, I think there is a battle going on between those that are craving what has been our experience of normality and those who are anticipating what this new normal is going to look like but i think we're all craving something that has a bit more stability and um, and predictability and um, helping others caring for our grandchildren happiness is watching the grandchildren enjoying themselves and sharing their joy with us and being able to play the trombone i wonder who that is while eating chocolate <laughs> with my lovely family and friends. Thanks, Andy. A foot of snow, health, friends who call unexpectedly. There are many others. I'm going to come to the next one in a, in a moment and um, because I think it really resonates with um, what you were saying. I, I'm, I really loved um, your reflection on, on how the, what the two brothers had in common, that they were more concerned about what the father can give them uh, than for the father himself. Mm. And I, I really hope that we can all reflect on that a little bit because even in my prayers this morning, and I'm not saying that they were wrong or bad prayers, but there was a lot of focus on God, will you help us do this? Will you bless us with this? And and I, I, I have to hold myself up into account and say how much of my prayers are, are requests of what God might give to me or do for me rather than just an acknowledgement of the profound blessing it is just to know the God that I'm praying to. And uh, that sort of realisation that it's not in his blessings that necessarily we find happiness, but it's in his arms um, that we find true happiness. I, I found that incredibly profound. So um, thank you for blessing us with that. And that thing at the end, the G.K. Chesterton, uh, I am. It's that ability to have the humility to recognize that without that relationship, without that intimate knowing of who God is and his um, 
and accepting that offering of him to be with us. And that's why I just, there are a couple of comments in the things that were just about being with. Happiness is being with the grandchildren and sharing their lives, says Priscilla. And there are two or three others. That sort of recognition that true happiness comes in the intimate relationships that we have with those around us that we know and love. And I wonder if um, the younger son and the, and the older son's sorrow and grief and anger was born more out of that desire to find happiness in something other than the presence of their father. I think, I think that's true. And also the traditional way uh, that this story, this, uh, this parable is looked at is there's this awful younger son and he goes off and he spends all the money and he comes back and, and, and his father is so gracious that he accepts him. But we don't really look at the older brother. No. Well, the reality is that for a lot of us who are people of faith, we're very much like that older brother. Um, you know, we're full of self-righteousness. Or that's how people perceive us. And the reason people perceive us like that is because some of us act like that. Let's be honest. And, you know, there's a lot to answer for. Yeah. But if we were people of grace, uh, I've spoken uh, once before about my uncle who died just before Christmas, and he was just an incredible guy. Anyone who had met him, he he knew he was a, a man of deep faith who had, had worked overseas. He had been a, a church minister. He had been a senior a probation officer. He'd, he'd done all sorts of things in his life. And uh, he had strong Christian faith, but he was one of the most gracious and accepting people of anyone that you're likely to meet. Now, I'm told in some ways I'm quite like him, and in other ways I'm not like him at all. I'll leave you to guess which one's bits are which. But I've often thought about him, and it was said at his funeral by nurses who looked after him in his last, last few days, what a lovely man he was and how gracious he was. Now, he had strong views, Christian views, but he just accepted people for who they were. And it didn't matter who you were, what you were, uh, and is that, if that's not a reflection of God, I don't know what is. And if I can reflect just a little bit of that, then I'll be very happy. A better introduction to our next hymn I could not have asked for, and I don't think you would necessarily have anticipated no. or known that, but we're going to listen to a song that will be new to many of us called As You Are. If you're searching for a place to just be honest, come just as you are in the Father's house you're met with open arms. Let's listen to this song together. If you're lonely, longing for someone to hear you, if your burdens feel like more than you can bear, if you're searching for a place to just be honest Come just as you are If you're tired of just hoping for an answer If you're wishing you could let your God come down If you feel like you can hold it all together 
Maybe you have never trusted him at all. They saved it here to wrestle with your questions. Come just as you are. Thank you for that. That's a very suitable song after the passage that we'd looked at this morning. Let's just uh, remind us of one or two things that are happening over the next week or two. Uh, so the first thing up is that next Sunday we continue uh, looking at the uh, extravagant God. And we're looking at this the same uh, bit, but looking at ingratitude. And uh, do come and join us as part of that. The food bank is now open again. We had a little break because of folk who were very generous, but uh, they were now back open as of this morning. Uh, and so we're reverting to the normal days of Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, 10 to 11. Please bring your donations to the church building and there'll be someone there who will be able to receive that. So uh, thank you in advance. I know folk have been already giving this morning. So really appreciate that. If you'd like to... Uh, Give to us as a church and you don't do that in a, in a way that is, is ongoing or you don't have a standing order or something. You can do that uh, through a text facility. So if you'd like to donate uh, £5 to the church, you can check text LRBC to 70970 or £10, text LRBC to 70191 or you can donate any amount. Uh, online at our website www.lrbc.org.uk forward slash give and we thank you for helping us as we continue to support our community. Last week we uh, we tried something different, we had a Zoom coffee room and that worked really well and if you're part of our church family you'll have been given a Zoom code. Uh, Steve is already uh, hopefully there and has opened up the room so do uh, come and join us. You'll have been sent a code during the week. Can I also remind you uh, that uh, for those of you that want to uh, uh, to look over and pray over our budget for this year, uh, at 12 o'clock uh, today, uh, I'll be hosting uh, a meeting with Gary and Julie. And if you'd like to come and uh, join and find out a little bit more about that, you'll have been sent a code during the week in a letter. Please come and use that. It then leaves it for me to pray before we have our final song. People are still engaging uh, with that song and, and what we've said this morning and looked at and uh, some really helpful comments. Do have a look uh, through those. You'll find some things that will really be quite inspirational, I'm sure. Let me pray. Be Father God, we ask you, you will help us to be ourselves, to recognise that you accept us for who we are. Uh, Lord, we ask that we wouldn't be the sort of people that would be rejected by you because you accept us all if we are prepared to come to you as we are. Help us to love you, not come to you with expectations or our own particular views, but just to come recognising who you are and what you have done for us. And encourage us this week in all that we do, wherever we go, whoever we meet, uh, whatever we have to cope with, good and not so good. We ask that you would just help us and be a constant present with us, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.